Don't just long that God take away the circumstance. Long that through the circumstance, your worship ignites. That's hope as he does something amazing and healing in your life. Happy Father's Day uh, to all you dads out there. It is great to be with you. And uh, my name is Mark Schuler. I'm the pastor of adult ministries here at Summit Point. And it's a privilege to be able to share God's word with you here today. And so uh, let me start with this. Do you, uh, do you remember having a height chart in your home? Do you remember that as a kid or as a parent, kind of having a height chart in your home? And so maybe it was a spot on the wall or uh, maybe, maybe around the trim of the door. You know, you'd have your kids come over and you'd line them up real tall and take a pencil and kind of mark their height there and maybe put the, the date next to it. And if you've got multiple kids, their initials. And it's kind of a fun thing over time then to be able to look and see kind of the height and ages of your kid as you, as you watch them grow up. Listen, um, growing up is a big deal. And so it's a fun and exciting thing as a parent to be able to watch your kids grow up physically. Well, listen now. Growing up is a big deal to God, too. And God loves to watch his children grow up, listen, spiritually. Do you know that? That, that God is absolutely committed to work in you and to help you and to mature you, that you would grow into Christ's likeness. Listen, God is the perfect parent. And so God is committed to you and he's committed to your spiritual growth. And that's actually what we're going to see in God's word today. You know, we've been in a series here called Hope That Heals. And uh, today out of Second Peter, we're going to look at what it means to, to find hope in a God who will grow me. So grab your Bible and go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 is where we're going to be. And uh, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, if you hit 1 John, you've gone a little too far. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. And if you're taking notes, here's our first point here. It's this. Trust his great promises and taste of his amazing power. All right, trust Trust his great promises and taste of his amazing power. I'm going to focus here on verses 3 and 4, but let's read from verse 1 to kind of read into this so we can see what's going on here in this letter. So it says here in verse 1, we'll start there, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Let me stop there, and let me give you a little background here to Peter to kind of set this up here. You can, you can look here and see that this letter was written by Peter, and this is the second letter that we have of his in the canon of Scripture. It's pretty obvious, right? See the big two on the top of your page there? Second Peter, right? And so the reason, though, for writing this letter versus 1 Peter, they're very different. In fact, I wrote this down in 1 Peter. 
Peter wrote to believers who were kind of scattered and under great persecution, and he encouraged them to stand strong in the midst of unfair treatment. He reminded them of Christ's example. He gave them uh, the hope of inheritance of what's to come in heaven. He pleaded with them to do good even as they trust God in the midst of their suffering. Well, now, listen, some three to five years later, he writes this letter, 2 Peter. It's about three to five years later, he pens this. And in 2 Peter, he writes to the church, and he encourages them here to, to reject all false doctrine, to reject false teachers, and listen, to grow in their faith. You see it? To grow up in their faith, uh, to live godly and holy lives as they wait for the return of Jesus Christ. And so, you could say it like this, First Peter was about standing firm in suffering. Second Peter here now is about standing firm in God's truth. And before I dig into verse 3, I want to show you one more thing. This is the Apostle Peter's final letter to the church. Okay, if you look at chapter 1, verses 13 to 15, you'll see these are some of his final words that he actually gives before he's martyred. And so verse 13 of chapter 1, Peter says, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Do you see it here? This this is what Peter wants his fellow Christians and his friends to to know and to be reminded of as he gets ready to die, as he prepares to go and be with Jesus. You can almost picture here, as you look out over this letter and as Peter writes it, you can almost picture him kind of reflecting on his entire life and remembering kind of the incredible highlights of his life about how he he left it all behind, the, the business, the boats, the nets, the family, and he went and he followed after Jesus Christ with all that he had, and the incredible highlights of the miracles that he saw, the the teaching that he heard right from the mouth of God, the, the glory of Christ that he saw on the Mount of Transfiguration, which actually he mentions in this letter here in 2 Peter 1.18. I'm sure Peter also never forgot the time that he had with the risen Christ, walking with him and talking with him and watching him ascend up into the clouds. Amazing highlights. But listen, I'm sure Peter also never forgot the times that he wrestled and struggled with doubt. The times that he kind of wrongly charged ahead. And even the guilt and the shame that he felt that night that he denied Jesus Christ. But it was just a few days later, just a few days after that massive failure that the merciful, forgiving, loving God, Jesus Christ, forgave him and welcomed him into his arms again. Listen, why do I give you all that and say all that? Because these are the very personal and intimate experiences that lie beneath this letter. It's so important. These are the very personal and intimate experiences that lie beneath this letter. And so Peter, as he reflects on it all, his whole life, and prepares to die, he he very literally says, listen up, I failed, I fell, 
but I was forgiven, so I got back up and I followed after Jesus Christ again and I grew in my faith and I grew in my maturity and I grew in my knowledge and I grew deeper in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Now listen, he's saying, I want you now to do the same. I want you to do the same. And as you pursue Christ and a godly life that makes much of him, know this, he's given you everything that you need. Listen, God gave it all. You have it all. God did it all. He gave it all. You have it all. Everything you need to grow up spiritually. And so with that as our massive backdrop to this, now look at verse 3. Ready? Here we go. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. His divine power. Whose power is it? You tell me. Say it loud. It's his, right? It's God's. God's amazing divine power has granted to who? You tell me. Right? Us. You see it there? This is good news. God's divine power, his divine power has granted to us all things. To those who are saved, to believers, to followers of Jesus Christ, you have it all. These are some of the best verses in all of the Bible on the power for godliness. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now listen, guess what? I read through many translations this week, almost all of them, a ton of them. And listen, I didn't once, right, see a translation that said, his divine power has granted to everyone but you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Not one of them said that. Okay, you, you have it all. He did it all. He gave it all. You have it all. God's divine power has granted to you and me, go ahead and circle this, all things, right? All things that pertain to life and godliness. God's divine power has granted to you and me all things that pertain to or lead to a life of godliness. That is good news. That is phenomenal. Peter's saying that the power of God in us gives us all we need to be transformed. Do you believe that? The power of God in you as a Christian, is all you need to grow in holiness. It's all you need to mature in your faith. It's all you need to change and grow spiritually. It's all you need. God's given it all. And listen, though, the way of spiritual growth and the way of a transformed life, it, it doesn't lie within our own power. Okay, it's not, it's not something that we can produce or something that we can attain to. Okay, it's not, it's not like that. We couldn't do it. You can't, this isn't self-generated. This is not like uh, some recipe that you mix up and put in the oven and it comes out ready to go. It's not like that. Listen, church, it's so much better than that. Listen, this is God's power in you. It's God's power in you. It's God's power supply that never fails and enables you and me to change, to grow let me say it this way, it's the Holy Spirit's power in me and flowing through me. And it was all given to me at conversion. I have it all. Okay, it's there. It's available. You have it. You have the power of God and his power gives us what we need for life and godliness. 
Sometimes we struggle. We struggle in our sin and we struggle in our failures and we think, man, there must be something missing. Look up here. There's nothing missing. You have it. There's not one thing missing in Christ. You have it. Now this should bring you incredible hope today that you have God that you have his divine power living in you through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Listen, God in us the hope of glory, the scripture says. There's nothing missing. You have everything that you need through Christ. What is it that you don't have? Universal symbol. Nothing. Nothing. You have it all. He did it all. He gave it all. You have it all. All right, say that with me. He did it all. He gave it all. You have it all. God, God didn't save us by his grace and then say, hey, good luck out there, right? Hope it goes well. See you in a few. Go for it. No, 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 no. No. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Paul in Ephesians 1.9, he says it this way. It's the same thing. He says that you may know, church, the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. Just as a baby is born ready to grow, you, you have all the equipment that you need to grow spiritually. It's all there. You are fully equipped with the power of God when you believe. Now listen, that is an awesome truth. Awesome truth. So how does this work? How, how does this, this moment by moment, day by day, kind of week by week, month by month, year by year, one degree to the next transformation, how does that take place in my life? Ready? Through knowledge. Through knowledge. Everybody say ding, 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 ding. This is a main theme alert right here. Okay, this is a key concept in this letter. In fact, this word knowledge, you can circle it or underline it. I circled the word seven times in this letter in just three chapters. It's, it's a main theme here that Peter is bringing across. And he says, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Okay, through through, that's a huge word. Underline that. That's a connecting word here. You see that there. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Praise God. Now what? Through the knowledge of him. Through. Peter's saying that our growth in godliness comes through the knowledge of him, meaning the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That refers back to verse 2 where he said it that way. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Look, here is it. Let me, let me boil this down. As I pursue knowing Jesus more and more, I grow more and more through his power. All right, that's it. That's the whole thing. Like, as I pursue knowing Jesus Christ more and more and more, I grow more and more through his power. This is awesome. This passage is phenomenal. This gives me so much hope. I loved studying this week because here's what this says to me and what it says to you. We can change, man. I can be transformed. I can change. I can experience true life and godly living and sanctification, spiritual growth 
through knowing Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk about this word knowledge. All right, this is a big deal. Everybody say this is a big deal. All right, this is a big deal. The, the word knowledge here, the word knowledge there in verse 3 that Peter uses is not just some facts in my head. Okay, this is not library person. Okay, this is not just I know like some surface things about God. This is heart knowledge. This, this is all of me knowledge as I walk with God. This, this word knowledge, in fact, in the Greek is the word apignosis. Okay, you say it, it's kind of fun, right? Apignosis, apignosis. And what this word means and why it's so important is it means this, it's a full, intimate, experiential knowledge of God as we walk with him, as we talk with him, as we experience this personal life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. This is not just some facts in my head. This is not I know about. Listen, this is I know personally. I know personally. This is relationship. This is experiential knowledge that is life-altering knowledge that is built on truth because Jesus is the truth, John 14, 6. So just like Peter, our life and our faith is built up in truth and on knowing Jesus Christ in a personal way. And so the deeper and the wider that knowledge goes of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more and more I grow through his divine power. Now, doesn't that fire you up? And that fires me up today. That, that gets me excited about opening up God's word and talking to God and pursuing Jesus Christ. Absolutely exciting. Let's hit verse 4 and see how this all flows together. Peter says, His divine power, verse 3, is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Now he says in verse 4, By which... He has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Okay, so it's kind of like this. Not only do you have God's divine power, you also have all of God's promises given to you. You have his, as it says here, his precious and very great promises. Okay, God's promises, listen, are for God's children. And, and all of God's promises are all the promises in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's all the promises that we have in the Bible. Okay, and so that's why it says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God find their yes to us in Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20. And so in that way, as we look at these promises given to us as God's children... These promises, Peter says, are they're precious. These are valuable. Where would we be? Where would we be without the promises of God? And he also describes them as very great, these promises of God. They are matchless. You could just write this down. The greatest. These are the greatest. I mean, just to name a few, as we think about the promises of God in the Bible, we have promises of salvation, Promises of resurrection, promises to us of forgiveness, adoption, 
Promises of grace and strength and comfort and provision and guidance. Promises from God to us on wisdom, rewards, heaven, life with him forever. Say amen. So many promises. And that's why these are precious and very great. And what Peter's saying to us is this. It's true knowledge of God is always connected to God's promises. And so that personal knowledge of God and his promises leads to godliness. Just like for us, you know, today, people in Peter's day, you know, may have said that, well, I have a relationship with God, they would say, but at the very time, abandon the words of the Bible. And Peter's like, no, 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 no. It it doesn't work that way. He's like, your intimate and personal knowledge of God, your relationship with him is absolutely anchored and built up in truth, in the promises of God. It's anchored in these precious and very great promises that are given to us in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's something Peter drives home again in chapter 2. And it's why he says in verse 4 now, if you look back, that through them, the promises of God, you might become partakers of the divine nature. Now, Peter's not saying here that you're going to become like some little God. Okay, everybody say, not that. All right, it's not that. All right, this is just another way of saying that you'll grow in godliness. In fact, you could write this down, that you would share in his holiness. That you would share in God's holiness. That's the positive way to say it. At the end of verse 4 is the negative way to say it. So let me take another pass through this and I'll show you. He says that through them, the promises of God, you might become partakers of the divine nature, the positive that you might share in his holiness. Now, the negative, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. The positive and the negative. And all combined, he's saying, by knowing, believing, and trusting God's precious and very great promises, you share in Christ-likeness, you share in his holiness. It's verse 3, life and godliness. And at the same time, those promises that are matchless, they're, they're very great. They enable you and me to escape or combat the lust or corruption that's in the world because of sin. Remember what I said before. He did it all. He gave it all. You have it all. You have him. You have his power. You have his promises. All that you need to grow up. All that you need to be transformed. Listen, the gospel speaks loudly, church. And it says this, that God loves you. And that he is committed to you. And that he will grow you. That happens as I trust his great promises. And I taste of his amazing power. What a great passage. You know, uh, as a kid, I grew up in Prospect Heights, Illinois. And uh, one of the things that I can remember about my house growing up is that the power would always go out. I mean, the weather reporter would just mention that a a forecast, kind of mentioning a storm that day, and uh, the power would go out. Right? It'd be like they'd forecast the storm for the, for the week ahead, and about two days before, our power goes out, just kind of warming up. And it's kind of practicing for the main event. And, uh, and so our power's always out. A storm would come rolling in. You can see it. You'd hear the crack of the lightning, and it's like, bam, we're in the dark. You know? And so then what? It's like you start, you start fumbling around looking for candles to light and flashlights, and you're trying to figure it out. And... Like every 10 minutes, do you do this too? You're like flipping the light switch. Like, is it on yet? 
Is the, is the power, do we have power yet? Or you're like hitting the remote on the TV, like, is it work? Or maybe you say to somebody, well, we'll, we'll try, try that outlet. How's that going to work? The power's out. It's not going to work. Nothing's working. The power is out. Now listen, sometimes we feel like that in our Christian life and experience. Somebody's turned the power out. I just don't have the power. We, we think we're, we're too weak or we're too messed up or it's been too long or we're too enslaved. Listen, that's not true. You have the Holy Spirit's power in you. You are not a slave. You're a son. You're not a slave to sin. You're a daughter. You have God's power in you for godly living. Listen, you're not like my old house that's power would go out like twice a month. You're not like some remote control car that God forgot to put the batteries in. You have it all. Church, everything. He did it all. He gave it all. You have it all. Now listen. Now it's time to experience it. To experience the power of God in growth. And as we experience that power through the life-giving, life-altering, all-satisfying personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we begin to grow through God's power. Listen, do you know him? Do you know him? It comes through personal knowledge within this word, through Jesus Christ. The more you get to know him, the more you will grow. So I want to finish this point here with kind of three practical things that you can do to apply this within your own spiritual growth. I just wrote down these three things if you want to put these down. And I just, number one, read the word of God every day. Read God's word every day. Feed yourself on the Bible every day, right? By feeding on things we grow, living things grow. Feed yourself on the living word of God and grow the, the word here I wrote is priority, that it would be first place in your life, that you would go and feed yourself on God's truth, that you could know God more deeply. The second thing I wrote down, these three things, number two, meditate on the Bible. The idea here is, is soak it in. Think deeply about it. Let it capture your attention. Think about it. Let it change you. Uh, pray it back to God. Meditate on it. Memorize it. The, the idea here is live in a living relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Priority and now relationship. Living in a living relationship with God as I walk with him and talk with him and read his word and memorize it and wrestle with it. Number three, read the word, meditate on the word, and now uh, study and share the Bible with other people. And so get connected to community. That would be the word here, right? Get into an impact group. Connect yourself with other believers. Help encourage one another. Remind one another. It's just what Peter's doing here for us. Encouraging one another, reminding one another of the power and the promises of God. And so priority, relationship, and community. Point number one. This is a phenomenal passage. Point number one tells us to trust, to trust his great promises and taste of his amazing power. Here's point number two. Pursue Jesus Christ with all your energy and focus. Pursue 
Jesus Christ with all your energy and focus. You're going to see in a second how this all fits together and how Peter writes all of this. It's, it's really an incredible charge to the church. This is so cool. Peter, after assuring us of the power and the promises available to us, verses 3 and 4, right, he now urges and exhorts us to make every effort to grow in godliness. Look at verse 5. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says in there in verse 5, for this very reason, you see it there? See it in verse 5? I love this. Another way to translation, another translation I read was this, uh, in view of all this, right? For this very reason, in, in view of all this, Peter's like, because of all the God-given blessings that he's given to you, because you have his power, because you have his promises, for that very reason now, in view of all of that, make every effort to grow in godliness. Peter's saying that our growth in godliness is not passive and it's not indifferent. It's just the opposite. It's active. It calls for total commitment and dedication. I make every effort to grow in godliness. And listen, this this is so important. Listen, you have to hear this. I just want to be so clear on this. This is the way that Peter wants us to understand this. This is the way that God wants us to understand this. And it's this. It's my identity in God first, then my action. Okay, it's the promises of God first given to me, now my participation. It's the power of God living in me, now my pursuit. Okay, do you see it? It's all that I am and all that I have in Christ, now I make every effort to grow. That's the order. That's important. So, with saying all that, though, listen, it's not some passive thing. It's not like I let go and let God. Everybody say, not that. That's not biblical. Okay, and it's also not legalistic. Like this idea of growth in God, it's like I have to grow. I've got to change to earn God's favor, to earn God's forgiveness, to somehow be in right standing with God. I have to just keep doing some, some things. And God's like, not that. That's not biblical either. You have Christ. You have the gospel. It's all about him. It's not about me. It's all about grace. It's not about works. We have Christ, and through faith you have all of that. So it's not passive. It's not legalistic. Legalistic. It's also, listen, not muscling it for holiness. Like changing and striving for holiness apart from God. It's like this, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, and it's just completely exhausting. It's not that. Not me trying to work hard and change apart from the relationship and power of God. It's God's power living and working in me so that through my relationship with Christ, now through the gospel, right, that was given to me through Christ and through my faith in him, through the identity that I have in Jesus Christ, through the promises, all of them that he's given to me, through the power of the Holy Spirit now residing in me, now I give maximum effort. Okay, and that's the order, right? And so what Peter's saying is this, it's very simple. God has a role and we have a role too. 
And, and we see that throughout all of Scripture. We see it here too in 2 Peter. These are the twin towers of truth, God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. Okay, Jerry uh, Bridges, in his book, The Transforming Power of the Gospel, he calls this, I like this, you could write this down, uh, dependent responsibility. Dependent responsibility. The idea behind this is that I am fully responsible and I am fully dependent on God. Okay, fully dependent on my God, yet fully responsible at the same time. And Peter's saying that our transformation, it works like that too. Okay, in fact, for further study, go ahead and write these two verses down. Write down Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Philippians 2, 12 and 13, and write down uh, Colossians 1, 29. You're going to see the same thing there as Paul talks about dependent responsibility, God's role and my role. Okay, back to 2 Peter, verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, with virtue, knowledge, with knowledge, self-control, with self-control, steadfastness, with steadfastness, godliness, with godliness, brotherly affection, with brotherly affection, love. Let's look at this now. With our faith in Jesus Christ as our foundation, it all starts with that, our faith in Christ. Now I make every effort to keep growing in my faith. And Peter here is going to give a list of seven attributes Okay, seven attributes that grow out of our faith. And as we look at this list, I want you to keep something in mind here, that these do, as I read those to you, and we'll look at each word, these do build on each other like building blocks. Okay, they build on, on one another um, like building blocks that start with our faith in Christ. But also as we look at this, I want you to also keep this in mind. These do overlap. They do blend together as well. For example, steadfastness is already present in love. Okay, so they build, but they also blend together. And the idea is we're growing in all of these all the time throughout all of our days. Right? It's, it's not like some video game where you have to conquer the level to move up to the next. It's not like, yes, I conquered the godliness level. Now I'm up onto the brotherly affection level. Here we go. It's not like that. All right, the idea is these qualities of growing in my faith, they're, they're increasing and they grow throughout all of my days, all together, and listen, they grow out of my relationship with Christ. All right, so with that in mind, let's just look briefly at the list. So he says, for this, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. The idea there is add generously. Supplement or add generously uh, to your faith, supplement your faith with virtue, all right? Some translations there for virtue say uh, moral excellence or goodness. The idea of virtue is that you're living a life that's honorable, living a, a, a righteous, respectable life before God. It's doing the right thing uh, regardless of the outcome. And so he's like, to our faith in Christ, let's add that. Let's grow in that, our virtue, the next word he uses there, add uh, to our virtue, knowledge. And almost every translation uses this uh, word. It's a little different from the word we looked at in verse 3 that you circled up there. It's a touch different. Here it means practical wisdom. It's God's truth uh, properly understood and applied. 
And it's that kind of knowledge, you see, that helps us live a life of virtue. See how they build and they blend? Right? They build on each other. And so to our living faith, Peter says, add virtue. And with virtue, add knowledge. And now he says, add self-control. This is inner strength to control your desires and cravings. Like an athlete, we are self-disciplined. And as Christians, we know that we control ourselves really as we live under the control of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so to our faith, we grow and we add virtue and knowledge and self-control. And he says, with self-control, now add, you see it, steadfastness. Some translations would say perseverance or patient endurance. The idea is this, write this down. This is a great word picture here. The idea of steadfastness is this, to walk under the load. It's to walk under the load. To remain steadfast and patient, enduring difficulty as I trust God. You see how these all blend together and they build. You control your desires through the power of the Holy Spirit. You walk in wisdom. And in that you live an honorable life and you see someone's faith growing in all of this. And so, to steadfastness, next Peter says godliness. Add godliness. This is devotion to God. It's respect and reverence to God lived out in a life of obedience. A life that worships God is pleasing to God. Add godliness, church. And now he says, with godliness, add brotherly affection. This is treating someone like they're a member of your own family. It's an affection for others that leads to kindness, generosity, care, support, harmony, unity. Add godliness, and with godliness, brotherly affection, and with brotherly affection, love. Peter starts with the foundation of faith, and he works it all the way up and finishes the list with agape, this word is, love. Okay, agape, sacrificial love, seeking the highest good for another. To love this way is to love like God. And so the mountaintop of Peter's list of spiritual growth is sacrificial love. From, from faith, right, to love and everything in between. We are always growing. Peter says we need to be constantly growing, right? Don't be satisfied. Be diligent. He's saying make every effort to grow. And remember, your transformation doesn't happen in a flash. It's a lifetime. Okay, and it's not something either that you can look back on and be like, well, I've done it. I've arrived. Fully grown. That's it. No more growing for me. No. It's continual. It's going to keep going until the day you land in heaven. And so we make every effort to grow. Finally, verse 8, he says, for if these qualities are yours, all the things that he listed, and are increasing, circle that, if these qualities in this list are yours and they're increasing in your life, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge, there's that word again, of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's like, by growing in this personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and by growing spiritually, day by day, moment by moment, we possess these qualities as Christians more and more. They are in increasing in our life. And when they do, we live lives that are effective and fruitful and that please God. Listen, wherever you are in your spiritual growth, listen, pursue Jesus Christ with all you got. Don't stop. 
Keep going, keep growing, keep advancing more and more, making every effort. The idea behind this is this, like forward, forward, forward in my faith. Forward, forward, forward. You know, back in uh, 2014, when I was living in Houston, a friend uh, of mine and I, uh, we did a mini triathlon. Okay, so kind of a short swim, bike, and run. I know. What was I thinking? Look at me. This was guaranteed to go bad. Okay, but no, actually, it went okay. I did better than I thought I was going to do. But the interesting thing was the, thought, the, the part that I thought I was going to do the best, I actually did the worst, all right, which was the swim. And the problem with that was the idea that I had was swimming laps in my lap pool at the gym. Was, this was very different. And so what happened was, is we kind of get to the starting line, the race is about to start, we're kind of on the beach, right? And you got your goggles now pulled down and there's sand in your toes and your heart's kind of racing and the adrenaline's going and the starting gun goes off and you take off for the water and you are swimming as hard as you can. And at this point, I'm probably somewhere like middle of the pack and I'm swimming as fast as I can, stroke after stroke, I'm moving forward, I'm going. But then as we're moving through this race, I start to get a little tired and I think, well, I better pull up or slow down or maybe even float for a second and catch my breath. This is where it went wrong, okay? Uh, Not the idea I had in mind, because as you can imagine, if you've done this before, now I've got people bumping into me and pushing me and coming up over the top of me, and uh, not something I was expecting, but I found out really quick, I can't do that. I've got to keep moving. I I can't stop. I can't uh, slow to catch my breath, and no, I cannot sit there and float, I've got to keep moving the best I can at my own pace, forward, moving. If I'm going to finish this race, I have to keep moving forward in the race, one stroke after the next. Keep going. Now listen, in your your spiritual growth, God would say the same thing to us. And he'd say this, swim, don't float. Swim, don't float. Keep moving forward, forward, forward in your faith. Trust God's promises. Experience God's power and pursue God with all you got. So as we close, let me ask you, where where are you at today? What what do you need to swim in? What what do you need to move forward in? As you you look back over this list here of, of qualities, what, what, do you need to ask, what do you need to ask God to do in you? What do you need to ask him to help you grow in? What, what qualities do you see there that are growing fast and which ones, you know, maybe need a little attention? Whatever it is, you can call out to God. You can ask him to grow you in those areas. Listen, he's faithful. He's committed to you. You can live in the real hope that he will grow you. And so as we close today, let me encourage you with this summary here. Because of my faith in Jesus Christ, here's what these verses are telling us. Because of my faith in Christ, I have all of God's power in me. All all of his promises given to me. He did it all. He gave it all. I have it all. 
everything I need for life and godliness. So now because of all of that, with maximum effort, I pursue Jesus Christ with all my energy and all my focus. And by God's power then in me, I continue to grow in my faith, right? Day by day and year by year, I grow up spiritually. I mature in my faith. I increase in the qualities of virtue and knowledge and self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. Man, this is God's word to us today. And this is awesome what Peter encourages us all in. And it's this, to trust and to pursue. Let's pray.